Arthur Jones is making his directorial debut at the Sundance Film Festival with his documentary, Phil's Good Man, showing in the U.S. documentary competition. He joins us now in the studio, along with his executive producer, Giorgio Angelini. Thanks for being here, guys. Oh, thank you for having us. Park City's beautiful. <laughs> Where are you guys from? Um, Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. So the snow is a real novelty for us. It's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so, Arthur, tell us. Um, just, just, just give us the premise of the film. Sure. Uh, the film is about uh, it's about a small story. It's about an artist named Matt Fury who drew a character called Pepe the Frog back in the mid two thousands, and he drew it in a pretty obscure comic book called Boys Club. And Pepe is this sort of like bug eyed, muppety looking creature, and. Um, sort of inexplicably after he did this comic book that was pretty obscure, it became this wildly popular meme. So there was one panel from the comic book in which Pepe is sort of um, staring out into space, big bug eyes, and he says, feels good, man. And that single image, for whatever reason, just really resonated with people on the internet, especially on message boards on the internet. So, uh, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, people started to take Pepe's face, take that panel, and just remix it and turn it into, like, a huge variety of memes. So um, Pepe became one of the most popular internet memes uh, that uh, has been. So, And then in 2015, 2016, things got weird for Pepe. Um, he was used things in Things got weird <laughs> for a lot of us during <laughs> that time, Arthur. It's true. I mean, that's kind of what the story is about. It's how Pepe is kind of this interesting uh, parallel narrative to the narrative we all know that happened in 2015 and 2016. So in October... 2015, in a two-week period, Pepe was reportedly used in a post made by someone who went on to do a school shooting. And then two weeks after that, Donald Trump retweeted an image of himself where he is depicted as Pepe. Pepe is seen with blonde hair like Donald Trump standing in, standing on the podium um, in you know, in the White House press room. So uh, it's that's sort of the beginning of our story. And then the rest of the story is Matt, the original artist, trying to figure out a way to reclaim his intellectual property. And then also it's this larger discussion of kind of how social media has really, like, torn us apart and affected our politics. Yeah, so uh, you spent a lot of time then with, with Matt and just kind of his, his dilemma and kind of, I guess, just whoa about how his fun character has been used for maybe not so nice things. Huh? Yeah, um, we spent a lot of time with Matt. And, you know, a documentary is a great mix of like timing and subject matter and access. And so Matt really gave us a lot of access to his story. And um, he was, uh, you know, brave enough to be vulnerable in front of the camera. You know, it's a really difficult circumstance. And it's sometimes even a more difficult circumstance when you have mm -hmm. a camera pointed at you. But I mean, he really, um, he really believes that, uh, you know, he hopes that Pepe is not going to be sort of defined by this cultural moment, 2016, when it was officially declared a hate symbol by the Anti-Defamation League. He wants Pepe to sort of have like uh, a new life where he is separated from all this baggage. And we hope the film is kind of part of that as well. Was that declaration the last straw? I mean, he watched mm. it go on for a while. I mean, was there an ultimate last straw? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it had been it had been building up and building up. And in the early days, you know, as a as an independent cartoonist, it's like, how are you supposed to react to this diffuse group of online agitators? And well, and at the beginning, it was just kind of just jokes. So it was it was very unclear how you were supposed to respond to something like that. But then once these sort of agents of chaos, the, the sort of um, puppet masters that really held power started to 
use Pepe as a kind of uh, frog whistle, we can use it instead of a dog whistle, like using them as their as their icon for the alt-right or for um, um, people like Alex Jones. I think that's when Matt finally saw his opportunity to actually take a uh, stand. And, and l- luckily for him, he was introduced to some great lawyers who took up his case pro bono to start um, taking on these people. But it really, it really culminated with... Um, a children's book. Yeah, so Matt Matt did a children's book um, several years ago called The Night Riders, and it was something that was really special to him. And um, in 2016 or 2017, it's escaped me right now, the exact date, um, someone did an alt-right comic, uh, an alt-right children's book featuring Pepe. Um, obviously something Matt didn't draw. He had just sort of, it was someone bootlegged the character and did it. And that was really kind of the last straw for Matt. Um, it really, uh, it was it was a, it made him very angry. And so that was, was the moment he decided to try to seek legal help and protect his intellectual property. Right. Yeah. And so well, how does that work? I mean, I'm sure you had some attorneys involved in this talking about <laughs> why. Um, I, I mean, is it was it not copyrighted? Was it not trademarked? Was it not? I mean, whatever what was the charge be- against <laughs> Alex Jones, for example? Well, I mean, sh- what's the charge? Uh, sure. I mean, um, so the charge against Alex Jones was Alex Jones was selling a poster that featured an image of Pepe on it. And he was making money from that poster. And the image of Pepe was traced basically from a panel of one of Matt's comic books. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Matt in the film, uh, he wasn't really seeking like huge damages. He just wanted him to stop selling the poster. And so he had had gone after a number of people who are so-called alt-right provocateurs. And most of those people, he just gave them cease and desist. If they stop using the frog as propaganda, if they stop selling anything with the frog, then that's okay. and so Alex Jones refused to do that. Um, you know, he, he decided to make it sort of a point of contention. And so he actually increased the price of the poster by $12 um, after it was announced, used the moment for publicity to try to sell it more. And then he, um, strangely, he decided to fight it in court for several months, made it a point of like, he talked about it on InfoWars, and then he just gave up. I think he decided that it was going to not be worth the time and trouble. But he did spend a lot of time sort of like fighting it. He had a team of lawyers working on it. And then ultimately, Matt and he settled um, for basically um, the amount of money that he had made on the poster. And so Matt makes this point in the film that I think is really good, where it's just like people talk about the settlement. Actually, he he made about $15,000. People talk about the settlement as being perhaps like a little disappointing. um, But at the same time, it's like that's more money than he's ever made on the original comic book. So... um, it's, it was really more of like a moral victory for Matt than a financial victory for Matt. Um, but yeah, the story kind of like traces that and then traces kind of just their divergent ethoses, you know? So, um, but that's really kind of like the, the shootout, the OK Corral moment in our film. It's kind of like this conflict that is, really gives the film like a lot of like strange humor and it's, it's, it's a farcical moment in yeah. the film. Yeah, for sure. So obviously the main theme is rescuing Pepe, but is the underlying theme then the power, perhaps in a negative way, of the Internet? Yeah, I mean, I think for me personally, the emotions, the sort of macro story of of this film, what we're trying to tell is that we're living in this early age of the Internet that has obviously been incredibly transformative to culture, but it's also brought a kind of um, toxic cynicism on society right and it's 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 for many people especially younger people it's kind of stripped them of their capacity for empathy and shamed them out of their interest in having human connections and i think what's really beautiful about the film um 
if I can speak bluntly, <laughs> I'm a little biased, is, uh, is it, you know, it's, it's a polemic between are we going to go down the path of cynicism as a society or are we going to, you know, embrace empathy and love and not like kowtow to, to these forces on the internet which shame us out of these important emotions that is like what society has to be built on. Like you can't build a society off cynicism and I think we're seeing that playing out now. And so... Yeah, and it's like so much of the the sort of underlying, so much of the underlying uh, intent of trolling is to really bully someone into complacency. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this film, it, it's about a lot of things like artistic agency in the social media age. It's about sort of this very complicated uh, moment during the 2016 election, but it's really just about someone who has a problem uh, that he's sort of ignored, and then all of a sudden he realizes that he has to confront that problem. And it's really just about like sort of if a nail sticks up in the floor, you got to pound it right. back down. Right, not saying something, mm -hmm. not yes. voting, not doing Ex anything is adding to the problem. Exactly, Precisely. exactly. Yeah. Well, when Barb talks, I mean, Peppy rescued. I mean, has Peppy been rescued? I mean, I don't know. Can you can ever go back? <laughs> Please tell us he's been rescued. I mean, well, we don't want to give away the ending. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but again, I but mean, no, right because of that association, I mean, you, you can't take it back or can you? Well, Matt, so um, I mean, that's a complicated question for sure, because um, Pepe exists in so many different continuums. Mm -hmm. While this was happening in 2015 and 2016 in the United States, Pepe is popular all over the world. Mm -hmm. So For completely different reasons. For completely different reasons. The reason Pepe is popular is because he's just an avatar for emotion of people online. He's a sad frog. He's a happy frog. He feels good man. He feels bad man. And so um, he continues to kind of morph and change. And because people like to draw Pepe, remix Pepe, um, he's taken on sort of like he's morphed into different characters. And some of those characters are pretty toxic. Some of those characters are pretty innocent. So it's something that's um, kind of hard to parse. And it's a question that's not easily answerable. But Pepe continues to change. And I think if you see the film, yeah. you're going to kind of have like an amazing, uplifting surprise at the end of it to, to what would maybe be an otherwise dark yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the film itself, hopefully, I mean, the, the thing that Matt was up against was that he was just a, a guy. There's no marketing force behind Pepe reinforcing the brand image, right? You have other famous cartoons like SpongeBob and other cartoons like that, which have also been Nazified. But when you see that, you know implicitly that that's a derivation, right? It's not the actual character. And so, in a sense, this film is kind of, um, I don't know how you'd say We're like, putting Pepe into context. context. So we're trying to, like, canonize Pepe canonize. as Matt's creation so that people really understand that this frog came from somewhere. He wasn't just this random meme that sort of came out of the Internet inexplicably, that it actually had a backstory. And so... Um, you know, and it's really hard for an independent artist when you don't have sort of a corporation there to protect mm. your intellectual property to, to do that. So this film, we hope people will now understand the context of Pepe, understand Matt and his intentions as an artist, understand him as a person and a creator. And then, then that will become the sort of narrative of Pepe that's going to ultimately win out historically. And in 2015 and 16, there's just going to be this blip of negativity. Um, that's our hope. But the Internet always surprises you. So who knows? <laughs> so going forward, did this open any new opportunities or chapters for Matt or Pepe? Does he foresee some new chapter in his life. I think Matt, um, you know, being the subject of a documentary is like a confusing thing for someone, but I do think through the process of making this film, Matt has had to um, think about and confront some of these issues for himself, and I think that's ultimately been a good thing for him. Um, you know, our intention is that hopefully Pepe will be so baggage-free that the Anti-Defamation League will take him off of their hate symbols database, and I think, like, 
hopefully over the next three or four years, something like that could happen. I think Matt was feeling like very distraught about the future of Pepe, but I hope that um, through the making of this film and then also just how things have sort of culturally changed in the last year, that he can feel good about sort of Pepe's future. And it's also this kind of funny thing, like he drew Pepe in his mid-20s. Imagine doing something, you know, that was kind of a joke in your 20s and it following you around for the rest of your life. So there's a part of him that's also just kind of like, he wants to move on artistically. He's a rest, restless, mm -hmm. talented artist. And so um, I think he wants to be free of the negative baggage and be able to just create for himself. Yeah. yeah. So has Matt been here with you? Yeah. 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 We've had an amazing awesome. time. It's been a really like Sundance has been a fantastic celebration for all the people that were in the film and also worked on the film. They got to meet. So we took Matt's original comics and we had animators make them. So Matt got to hang out with the animators. It's really just been like, I don't know, it's been a really emotional few weeks, yeah. I think, for all of us. It's a special documentary. It's, you know, it, we have a lot of animation in it. We bring Pepe's world and his friends to life. And um, I don't know, I hope you can come check it out because it's a really special film. Couples, yeah. A couple more uh, opportunities, Friday, January 31st, 10 p.m. at Redstone, and then again Saturday morning at 9 a.m. at the Park Avenue Theater. Uh, Giorgio and Arthur, thanks so much Thank for spending time with us Thanks this for morning. having us. Thank you. Again, the uh, director and producer of Phil's Good Man, again, the one of those in the U.S. documentary competition. Tune in and find out about some of the unknown and talented independent filmmakers from around the world. Join us for the Sundance Reel each weekday morning between 9 and 10. We'll highlight some of the most intriguing films being presented at this year's Sundance Film Festival. That's the Sundance Reel weekday mornings from 9 to 10 through January 31st, right here on KPCW or online, kpcw.org. The Sundance Reel is brought to you in part by Sundance Institute, presenting the 2020 Sundance Film Festival from January 23rd through February 2nd. And Acura, proud 10-year sponsor of the festival and supporter of independent film and music. Learn more at Acura.com.